This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Good afternoon, Neil. Hey, hey how are you? Good evening where you are. You're in London. Yeah, it's uh, 7 p.m. here at, at the moment. Yeah, so uh, not not that daylight's something that we get a lot of right now, but um, but yeah, it's, it's evening time anyway. Yeah, well, uh, it's really good being connected with you. I'm excited to talk to you. You've got a, uh, a great Instagram and social media presence, and you're putting out some great content. Uh, you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner. I'd love to hear about that. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little introduction on who you are. Yeah, I, I'm Neil Shoney. I help business owners create Facebook ads, into, uh, social media accounts, and email marketing to generate more leads and sales within their businesses. Uh, I've been doing that for the last few years since I sold my first business about five years ago now. And uh, yeah, I'm a one stripe white belt <laughs> under Matt Serra in New York. So um, oh. yeah, that, that's me. Oh, cool. So you live in New York primarily, but you're in London now. Yeah. So I married a New Yorker uh, about a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. And we got a house over in New York, uh, but I have to fly back and forth because of visa, immigration meetings and this, that and the other. And it was actually my final interview and everything uh, this week. So I'm just waiting on final papers and approvals and things. And then I can just get back to normal life of not <laughs> not flying back to the UK every three months uh, during a pandemic. That's that's great. Um, do you train at uh, the Huntington location um, with Sarah? So- it was at the Levittown location. Le- it will be the the Huntington location um, uh, now going forward because um, Matt uh, no longer has the the Levittown location, so it'll be Huntington mm-hmm. here forward. Okay. Um, I I just bought a house in Muttontown, not far away from uh, from that area. Um, nice. And Matt, Sarah, and my sensei came up training together, and. Um, and I've trained at Sarah's a bunch of times, so I, I'd love to uh, connect with you. When I, when I was connecting with you, I thought for some reason that you were full-time in, um, in Europe. But no, that's really cool. That's, uh, now we can uh, get some training in. That would be great. Yeah. Are, are you with uh, Henzo Gracie? Henzo Gracie uh, Lindbrook. The name of my school is called Budokan. And we are Henzo affiliate here on Long Island, um, right outside of Queens near JFK Airport. Brilliant. Super. Yeah. Great. So Neil, uh, tell me about your business. So the the business was sort of grown organically um, out of something else. So I never went to university to study marketing or intended on teaching anybody marketing. However, I, I started Scotland's biggest ever fitness exhibition uh, back when I was about 20 years old. Uh, we had thousands of people come every year to, to Scotland for that. Uh, hosted Scotland's biggest CrossFit event, Scotland's biggest strongman event, and all those types of things over one weekend a year. Uh, grew that over the course of five years, but did it the way that most people don't in that industry. So most exhibitions that you see that have the exhibition stands and different speakers and this, that, and the other tend to use radio advertising, billboards, magazine articles, this, that, the other. Um, I did it completely bootstrapping with organic social media and email marketing primarily in the first year. And then uh, Facebook ads is what really got it to take off in the years thereafter. Mm -hmm. And it just became a a word of mouth thing that 
yeah, they don't do any newspapers, they don't do any magazines, they don't do any of this, that, the other. And uh, that led to somebody saying, can you run a Facebook ad campaign for our new gym? And so uh, I, I actually, this is actually a bit of a funny story. I didn't want to take on any clients. I was like, I'm fine risking my own money, taking somebody else's money and spending that on their behalf. I was just freaked out by but the wife from New York that, that I'm now married to, I had just started dating her about six months prior. And she said, uh, oh, well, she didn't say, she she broke down crying one night uh, in sort of November, right? We're having dinner, she broke down crying. And I was thinking, what have I done wrong? <laughs> oh, man, what have I done wrong? And uh, it turned out that she was actually just really upset because she hadn't seen her family in like 11 months. And I already knew at that point I was going to marry her. She was absolutely amazing. So I was like, right, I really want to give her an amazing, uh, amazing Christmas present. This is after just my first year of, of business, really, with, with the exhibition business. And uh, so I did. I wasn't even taking a wage at that point. It was just everything into the business. And I was like, right, I really want to take her to New York uh, for Christmas to see her family, but I, I can't really afford it. And this sort of just came up. It was one of those things. And the guy was like, can you run us our Facebook ad campaign? So I literally went online, looked at the price of flights, looked at the price of any accommodation we were going to need, any spending money, and that's exactly what I quoted them to run the campaign uh, for for this first campaign. <laughs> and we ended up, uh, <laughs> ended up spending four thousand pounds on uh, Facebook ads, which is about five thousand US dollars, uh, and we returned two hundred ninety-seven thousand eight hundred sixty-six pounds exactly wow. in in membership sales. And as you can imagine. I didn't need to run a Facebook ad for myself for the next five years. <laughs> that was just a word of mouth thing that, that took over from there. And it's only in the last couple of years when I didn't have any more space for, for clients to take them on that I was like, right, I need to create a scalable product that you know people can come into and they can use my strategies for Facebook ads, use my strategies for lead generation, use my strategies for email marketing and be able to go and do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's how the coaching business was born. Fantastic. Really love that story. You said a few things in there that I really resonated with. First and foremost is that um, when you were starting your business, you really didn't have anything to, you know, any money to pay yourself. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I tell entrepreneurs all the time when they come to me and they say, one of the things that you hear very often now is, uh, you know, I want to create additional streams of income. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Before they've got one. Before they've got one. I need more. I, I, like, I love the sound of that. Um listen, it's that's the dream. It's uh of course yeah. everybody everybody wants to be able to do that. And I would encourage everybody to try. But like you said, you better get ready to struggle. You better get ready to pay yourself less. You get better, you know, uh the first few years of my my fashion business, mixology, I didn't draw a salary. Now I had the benefit of being further along in my real estate career and having made other investments. So I was able to sacrifice that time, but I'll never forget having a conversation with my dad. And he said to me, you know, I, he's like, I think that if you weren't, you know, working for me, you'd be able to go out there and make so much more money. He thinks like I'm holding you back. Um, but I was investing, I was starting, I was building something and uh, over the past few years, now it's become you know one of my biggest sources of income. But you better believe those first three years, I didn't take one single penny out of the business. Not one. Everything went back into the business. 
and uh, you know you you do Facebook marketing. What an entrepreneur is going to have to figure out at some point is, am I going to run this campaign or am I going to go on vacation? And so that leads me to the second thing I love that you said is like, you're creating your pricing model and all of a sudden it's like, what do I need to get to New York? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you say about like vacations and do, like, it, are you going to run the Facebook ad campaign or take a vacation? It's funny. I, I stumbled upon... Um, uh, you know how you get your Instagram memories uh, that pop up and it's like five years ago today you did this post and it popped up uh, uh, just um, about a month ago uh, now it was the post of me and Adriana at the airport and I, I said in the caption I was like haven't gone on a holiday in six and a half years this is the first <laughs> one and yeah. it was because I spent six and a half years uh, you know just honing in on my craft and any any time I had I was working to try and earn on the side so that my first business would be successful because I, I call it like my first business but before that I was already running uh, club nights and different things as well so was always doing entrepreneurial things it's just I didn't really look at the club nights as like you know something that I'm going to deem as like my real business <laughs> yeah there, there it is interesting um someone who has a natural proclivity for entrepreneurship and has just been doing lots of entrepreneurial things, sometimes failing, making a few bucks, sometimes failing. But, and then you have the person who's working a nine to five dreaming about being an entrepreneur. They have this great idea. And, you know, those, I really try to connect with those people as much as possible to say, no, you absolutely can do this. It's just like jujitsu, like get ready to suffer. You know? Yeah. Like you have to enjoy the suffering. You started off, you said you're a one-stripe white belt. Well, I don't look at that as something to think about negatively. I think that's a phenomenal thing um, because it's you're essentially along the journey of jujitsu of where we're talking to these people right now. You know, we're talking to that guy. Maybe he's been eight years on the job and he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have any passion for it. I want to start a business. And guess what? You're going to be a white belt. <laughs> And you're going to be level for a long time. Don't expect one year and you're going to just get your blue belt just because you did it for a year. No, you might be a white belt for three years. Just depends on how yeah. good you are. That's what people ask me all the time. How long is it going to take me? I say, I don't know. How good are you? <laughs> how smart are you? How many hours are you willing to work? Uh, so uh, I, I go absolutely whipped on my, on my first day uh, on the mats. Like uh, <laughs> I, I actually lived with a purple belt for, for two or three years. He was the best man at my wedding and he was always like, Neil, you need to do this. You are going to love it. He's like, it's everything that you enjoy. It's just like technical, trying to work things out, being more strategic than the other person. He was like, yeah. you're going to love it. And the thing is, I was already into like UFC and, you know, I actually even liked watching jiu-jitsu competitions when he would watch them. Really? And I, was, I was like, it is really interesting, but I think I was actually, if I'm just being open and honest, a little bit like scared slash nervous about getting on the mats for the first time. And I was traveling to see my wife um, uh, over in New York. And I was like, well, I'm going to be here for three months. And albeit that I've got the business, you know, I kind of need a hobby outside of business and seeing Adriana. I need something here. And so Sarah BJJ was right around the corner. So mm. I, I just booked an a intro session, which I thought was going to be a one-to-one -one intro session. Turned up, realized it was going to be like a group session. I was just going to get thrown in uh, to the deep end with it. And uh, I I got absolutely whooped on that that first one. Nobody was like trying to hurt me. Like, it wasn't yeah. that atmosphere at all. 
got just like not like if I was up against a one stripe or a two stripe white belt, you know, people don't realize how much a difference that is from somebody on day one. And, you know, I just couldn't do anything, uh, anything right. And anything I attempted just ended up in like an arm bar or a triangle or whatever, just trying to use strength and speed, which, you know, you quickly learn it isn't, uh, it isn't the key thing at all over technique. And, uh, I did that first session. I was like, that was the most unenjoyable thing I've ever done. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the desk right now and I'm going to pay for a year's membership <laughs> and uh, I'm going to commit to this so I can't turn back on it. And then mm-hmm. I did the second session of the night. So I did like a back to back and I really enjoyed the second session. And I think yeah. I went into it with a different mindset, even though I was just literally paying and going straight back onto the mats. And uh, it's the best thing that I've ever done. It yeah. is just the best decision I've ever made. And you know, it'll be the same with people who are maybe listening to this, thinking about getting into jujitsu. But the same thing about business. It's like you are going to get that kick in the face very quickly of, hey, it's not just freedom and time off and traveling the Caribbean and this, that, and the other. <laughs> but because of the amount of pain and struggle that you have throughout the process, man, does that amplify the wins. Absolutely. The feeling of the wins because of what you have to put into it is just on a whole other level and that's the great thing about jiu-jitsu it's like if you seek out the challenges you know if you're always looking around the room at who's the biggest challenge you know you you're gonna be up against it you're gonna get subbed more than you're subbing people but man the the speed in which you can get to the next level is just absolutely incredible so yeah it's a it's an amazing journey and there's so many parallels between the two which yeah. is why I just love the name Business Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I've got a really good response. It was something that I had been thinking about for a very long time. And I had written a book um, called This Is It, which was about my first 10 years in business. And the moment that book was done I said and published, I said I, I knew I wanted to write another book. And, uh, and then Jiu-Jitsu is the thing that I love the most. And it has helped me so much through my business career. And it has made things that are hard to explain uh, become more explicit and give me uh, a more of a methodology and a technical approach to business that I otherwise didn't have when I started my career. I went to college and then you just start working. And when you work every day and you're an entrepreneur and you're working through these problems, sometimes it can become very monotonous. And it's just like you're going back and doing work every day and you're working really hard and you could spend hours. I worked two o'clock in, when I was in my early twenties. I was working till two o'clock in the morning. I thought the harder I worked, that's like was the, the key to victory. And as I got better at jujitsu, I understood that. Wait a second. I need a I need a technical uh, philosophy, a way to approach my work and working hard at getting better, like with an aim, with goals in mind. And so. Uh, I just, like you said, I see so many parallels in jujitsu. But one thing that you said, you said three really uh, impactful things to me in that last uh, uh, talk. But the first thing you said was that the difference between a white belt and a one or a two stripe white belt, that is profound. I want to talk about that. The second thing you said was about, um, you know, it's not just all traveling the Bahamas and working remote. (laughs) I mean, yeah, of course. And, you know, your third thing escapes me at the time. So let's go back to number one. Talk to me about, like, 
being a one stripe white belt right now versus when before you had that stripe, someone walks in on that first day and they say, Neil, you're with this guy. <laughs> it's like you have a superpower. It's yeah. Like you've been given the gift of the superpower. And John Donahar has talked about this publicly many times from when he was uh, in his early bouncing days and he just had six weeks or eight weeks of jujitsu. And all of a sudden it was like this crazy thing. What does that feel like right now? It, it, it's absolutely incredible. And, you know, it, what I said to, to Adriana and a few other people that I've been trying to convince to, to get started in it as well is um, it makes you comfortable in conflict. And that gives you a zone of comfortability around your entire life, walking, walking on the street, uh, how you walk into a room, how you present you know, your your overall confidence by just being that little bit more confident. I think I got that the second that I learned how to do a Kimura. No joke. I think the, the second I had done a little bit of rolling and learned how to do something that could actually submit somebody, I think at that moment, it just completely changed my whole energy in a 24-hour period. Like, I don't have to be thinking about jiu-jitsu for me to be a much more confident person and just feel, you know, energized at all times. I, I don't know what it is. Do, do you kind of feel that as well? I do. I absolutely do. I think that uh, jujitsu can teach you so many more things um, if you allow it and you listen to it and you allow it to funnel into other areas of your life. But walking into a room is something that uh, I've spoken about extensively with people um, whether it's an interview, whether it's business, whether you're giving a speech, uh, or you're walking into something that um, could be dangerous. You know, I have uh, 225 employees. Most of them are young women. And I have a very young office over here. And when I'm leaving and it's dark and there's still one or two uh, women primarily left in the office, I walk over to them and I was like, before you walk out of this door, I want you to look left, I want you to look right, and I want you to be hyper aware of all of your surroundings. And jujitsu and martial arts generally has taught me that. And uh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it, it's it's just a, a different zone of being. And it's, you know, it's it's the probably the best thing that it's given to me in terms of life. Um, of course, jiu-jitsu gives you so much like happiness. It gives you so much community. It gives you so many other aspects. But that overall feeling in general life is just, you know, what what did it take? Probably about six sessions max to, to get to that feeling. And even if I've been off the mats for the last year or so, really, like properly on the mats, um, it's still there. It doesn't leave you after that. You've just got this with every single skill that you add along the way, you just start to feel that little bit more confident. And, you know, you, you start, th this is a weird one, right? <laughs> you look at people who are ginormous in comparison to you and you genuinely think like if they're a threat, you know, if they've been drinking or whatever, as long as they haven't done jujitsu before, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be lying if I said that that hasn't crossed my mind also. But metaphorically, uh, for business, I also think that it's very powerful. You take exactly what you just said and you apply that to business. Yeah. And you, as a, as a marketer, 
you learn a few skills from your masterclass or your coaching, and it's as if you got a superpower. Um, I was a very early adopter of technology for my business. Um, most of my competitors, when COVID struck, did not have websites, did not have a social, any kind of legitimate social media presence. We started investing in technology in 2011. I was one of Shopify's first 25,000 customers. Now they have well over a million, probably on their way to 2 million. And we were one of their first 100 Shopify Plus customers. So when I used to call Shopify, their whole company was 50 people in one office room. And <laughs> when, they, when I'd say, hey, I, can we do this? Can we do this? They'd like, hold on, let me go run across the room. And obviously today they're worth $5 billion and then company with God knows how many thousands of employees or tens of thousands even. Um, but my point is that little first step that we took on Shopify, we got, became leaps and bounds ahead of all of our local competitors over here. They couldn't touch us. And I can't imagine what the feeling was like when COVID struck and you don't have a website and you're in fashion business and you're selling clothing in a store and you're like, holy shit, we got to launch a website. Yeah. You know, that's like being a white belt that hasn't started yet. And you walk on that first day and it's like that 250 pound guy that you were just talking about. But what if you had just like a little bit of skill, you know, yeah. you just knew a little bit and you had taken that first step. Oh my God, you're going to feel like a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you had wizardry kind of skills, you know, when you were starting out your business and you were able to, to, that campaign together and you took 4,000 pounds, 4, pounds and make it 297,000, like that is a superpower almost. And you were at the beginning of your career. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the other thing that I, I see such a big comparison along the lines of what you're saying here, but such a big comparison between jujitsu and business is, and this, this is what I was saying to you prior was the email that I actually sent out recently to my list, yeah. um, drawing the comparison between business and jiu-jitsu for high percentage moves or in jiu-jitsu we would say high percentage submissions or high percentage sweeps or whatever that is uh, and in business most people are not looking for high percentage strategies everybody's looking for the most difficult thing they can do or if something works they go that was great fine I need to do something else now they're always looking for the shiny object over here instead of just going you know, it might not be as sexy, but hey, there's really high percentage moves that are simpler, that are more likely to succeed. And if you tie that into your own strengths as well, like I'm quite a lanky person, I've got long legs, you know, things like triangles work really, really well for me. So, you know, identifying and being self-aware and playing to your own high percentage moves is great in business and great in jiu-jitsu. And for me, when, when I first got into business and I got that big kick in the face and I thought, you know what, everybody's going to want to buy this because it's in my head, <laughs> right? It's, I've created it and I think it's great. So everybody's going to want to buy a ticket to this event. Everybody's going to want to buy an exhibition stand for 10 grand. Everybody's going to want that, definitely. Right? And then I got the kick in the face when I started phoning everybody and nobody wanted to buy an exhibition stand <laughs> and couldn't sell any tickets. And I signed my life away for about 300,000 pounds of uh, like overheads to be able to put this event on and to be able to say it's at the biggest exhibition center in the country and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Panic, panic, panic. And I wasn't a marketer at this point. I graduated in sport and exercise science. <laughs> so I, I had nothing. 
So I had to very, very quickly start looking for these high percentage strategies mm. in marketing. So I just started looking for people that had already done things that were repeatable. And I started trying out a few things. And I realized very quickly, we only needed a very small handful of skills that were repeatable to grow this exponentially. Mm. You know, So we can try out 20 things, but if we can narrow down the three things that worked best, and then put fuel under the fire by you know, throwing Facebook ads underneath it or something to get it out to more people and uh, reach more people that are more likely to convert. That's all we needed to be able to grow that business very, very quickly to the point in which it was sellable um, five years down the line. Same thing with jiu-jitsu. I, I can't even tell you in the short amount of time that I've been doing jiu-jitsu how many different sweeps I've been taught, how many different submissions I've been taught, how many escapes I've been taught. And I, I've realized that the best thing for me, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably going to be different when you're in blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. But for, for me personally, I only need to focus in on just a small handful of things that I, that I feel I've already got a little bit of talent for and try and have like a, a blue belt triangle and try and have a blue belt uh, sweep, you know, having the, uh, and like a blue belt escape. So that when I'm up against the people in my room in the, in the white belt classes, that, you know, I'm not trying to be a four strike white belt at everything. I'm trying to be a blue belt or a purple belt at a small number of things and do them very, very well. Right. That make, does that make sense? Perfect sense. I think that uh, even as you get higher up, uh, that methodology still applies as you build expertise in all things. And... Um, and as you get to be the purple belt and beyond, guess what? There's still things that you're going to be a white belt in also. And, yeah. uh, you know, well, being a black belt in one thing or a purple belt in one thing doesn't make you any less of a white belt. It's like, you know, I was talking to uh, Ricardo Almeida the other day, very famous uh, uh, black belt under Henzo Gracie. And he's just started running. And he started running because his kids started running. And he's up to 13 miles, I think he said. And he said, I'm a white belt. He's like, it's so humbling. I'm a white belt in this. Just because I was a professional fighter and I fought for pride in the UFC and I trained Frankie Edgar and all these world champions. He said, I'm, I'm a white belt in running. And it was just such a beautiful observation is that no matter how good you get at one thing, you should continue to strive for excellence in all kinds of things. And that's why I was saying at the beginning of this conversation, the methodology for technical improvement is why I love jujitsu so much and why it's helped me so much in business. And it's, I do things like a white belt all the time. I'm a four stripe purple belt, by the way. And I love jujitsu. I've been doing jujitsu for a very, very long time. It, the lessons are not lost on me for improving my life. You know, part of my own limitations is like, I was never that great of an athlete. You know, I'm the kind of guy that, I didn't have any natural physical advantages, really. I wasn't terribly fast. I'm not fit. I'm not muscly. But what I did have was I'm going to show up every single night, and I love it, and I want to get technically better, and I'm going to ask a million questions, and I'm going to watch a million videos, and I'm just never going to be that, that champion. But what I can be is an incredibly successful business person and take all these lessons with me across uh, and into my life. Um, when I started this project specifically, I said to myself, 
I didn't think I was doing enough with my jujitsu. Like I was doing this thing every night and I was like, you know, LARPing, it was like a live action role playing. Like I was yeah. this other person. It didn't connect. I, I went to jujitsu and then I was my rest of my life with my friends and my work and everything. And I was like, I need to bring these worlds together. I need to make my jujitsu work for me. And as soon as I did it, weeks in, I started meeting people like you, like other people like me who are in the business world who do jujitsu. And it's just been so rewarding. So have you, uh, have you made any connections with through your jujitsu and in your business world? Like, are you managing campaigns for any gym owners? Like what's your, what's your ideal client? Well, my, my ideal clients, uh, now that I do more coaching than I do like one-to-one -one implementation, the majority of them are coaches, consultants, course creators, you know, people who want to sell their expertise online, mm -hmm. uh, who typically will have courses or coaching like personal trainers yeah some gym owners and, and things like that as well um but one thing that i have noticed since since starting jiu-jitsu is realizing how many business owners that i've looked up to for a very long time do jiu-jitsu in which it probably just passed me by before and do you know what's really funny they're all like purple belts and brown belts and black belts and i'm like this is making so much sense to me. <laughs> this yeah. is making so much sense that people who are successful in business can very, very, not easily as in like they can walk in and be like a, a blue belt or a purple belt, but they have the fundamentals of what makes a great business owner make a great uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. Yes. And, you know, there, there's so many things. Before this call... I, I was like, right, we're going to be talking about some links between business and jiu-jitsu. What, what could some of these be? I honestly wrote for about 60 seconds and I had fives that were just so easily off the top of the head. Yeah. It, it's so easy to see the comparisons. You spoke five minutes ago about, you know, uh, always willing to learn. The best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners are the ones that don't assume that they know it all, that are always looking for something brand new. And you notice that at the highest level, all the black belts that I know are all people that are obsessed with not uh, not perfecting what they already know. It's about there must be some new ways of doing things and like what worked at ADCC four years ago won't work at this one. And, you know, they're always, always the student. They're never cocky. They're not. Well, <laughs> there's some co cocky uh, <laughs> jiu-jitsu practitioners, of course, but the, the majority of time they're always yeah. trying to learn. Even the cocky buds, we know that they're all trying to learn. Like they yeah. all look at their coaches and they're always trying to improve. And uh, that's the exact same thing with business owners. The amount of people who book calls with me with the intention of joining my courses, and I'm like, this isn't for you, mate. Because yeah. you'll jump on a call like this, it'll be 30 minutes. And every single thing that I'll bring to them, they're like telling me that won't work or that they know it already. They've got no income coming into their business, but they know it already. They they know everything. And those are the types of people that wouldn't do well walking onto a white belt mat, you yeah. know, thinking they know more than the coach because maybe they're a little bit heavier than the coach. You know, those sort of assumptions that are in their head. Yeah. A great business owner has been the student throughout. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're the type of person that is like always looking for the coach. I started piano recently. I want Ooh. a piano coach. I yeah. started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, right, 
these classes are great, but how can I get privates? I want to get privates and I, I want to learn from the best. And, you know, there's nothing in me at all, even now in business. You know, I, I literally, my, my day now is coaching other business owners. I still spend about three hours plus a day reading and learning and taking courses in marketing and business. Yeah, that's what you know, that I, and, and it will never stop. That, that's how I'll kill my business is if I assume that I start to know it all, then yeah. somebody else is going to very quickly overtake me. 100%. Yeah. Well, I have a coach. I have a business coach. I have a jujitsu coach. I have, you know, I also have a lot of great mentors. Uh, this was a Instagram post I put up today about my family. I mean, I've been in three generations of family business. It's a privilege. You know, I really had a lot of mentoring along the way, but being in a family business is very hard. Most people can't be in a family business because they can't, they have too much ego. They, they, they want to do it their way. They, they fight. The brothers hate the brothers. The sisters hate the sisters. Being in a family business is no guarantee of success. You could be the one to drive that family business directly into the ground. Um, but having a coach is something that is, could be so impactful. My recommendation to people always is you have to do your homework on your coach. It's a, it's a relationship like anything other. Who is this person coaching you? It's pretty clear from talking to you for now, you know, half an hour that you've got, you know, that the special sauce, you've got the ingredients, you can help people, right? Where you go for coaching is very important. And that is what I always stress to people who come to me. I coach hundreds of people because I'm the CEO of a company. You know, I'm constantly coaching my associates, my junior staff members, um, high school age, college age, recent college grads, and even older people. But myself, I have a, a really incredible network of very, very successful people. But I built that network and I nurtured that network and I treat it like a garden. I was, I was coaching someone uh, last week and I said, I want you to write down on a piece of paper all the people who have helped you get to where you are today. I don't care if it was a coach, a teacher, our sensei, because he's in my jiu-jitsu program. Like, write all those people down. And I want to say, what have you done for them? They helped you get here, but what have you done for them recently? And this just this thinking is, is, my, is the secret sauce thinking. That's what I always think is how you can help people is not what can you do for me, but what can I do for you? Now, the funny thing about that is once you start to be of service to people in your life, you're going to notice that most of them are not going to reciprocate. So you have one of two choices. You could say, F them, I'm done with this, and they don't help me. I'm not going to help them. Or you just make it part of who you are, being of service to all of these people in your life. And then for every 10, 15, 20, 30 people that you've been of service to, there's that one guy who says, I'm going to help you. Yeah, and that's, you know, that that's the essence of incredible business. So I'm endorsing Neil. Uh, it's very clear if you've made it this far in this podcast that this guy's got the goods. I mean, if you need Facebook, if you need marketing help, if you need coaching, go to this guy and figure out what he's got. Get a little bit on of that on you. I always tell my team uh, whenever I meet someone who's a marathon runner, you know, running is a big Achilles heel for me, but it's something that I've developed later part of my life now in my mid thirties. Whenever I meet someone who's a runner, I ask them a million questions. I'm like, 
how do you how do you do it? How do you get to those long runs? And they're just like, you just have to keep working at it over and over and over again. And so I got I've gotten into the habit of uh, running these five Ks, uh, you know, these basically like a three mile race. And I'm slowly building up my stamina. And I my wife is a, a marathon distance runner. She can go out there and do a 20 mile run. I'm not there yet. I'm still very, very much a white belt. But uh, every time I meet one of those people, I say, just rub that all over me. I want some of that. <laughs> a little bit of that. Same with jujitsu. When I, when I uh, go to a seminar, or I'm training with someone. I'm asking them a million questions. Why did you do that with your foot? How did you get so much pressure in this area? How did you pass my guard in that way? I want to know it all. You know? And yeah. then I'm saying, send me a video. Who did you, who did you watch? Uh, what BJJ Fanatics videos? Who, who are you watching? You know? <laughs> I just, um, yeah, to be the forever student, even as you're a coach is, is very, very important. They always had to kick me off the mats. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that I wasn't there every single night. I would usually be there three or four nights uh, a week, but I would be there and I was nowhere else in that time. And I would always be getting kicked off the mat because every single time I got subbed or passed or anything, I was like, can we talk about this at the end? <laughs> and at, at the end of the session, I would basically have uh, a few of the boys in the class be like, showing me how they did everything. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that, like get, getting it all over you. And I tend to say to people as well, you're, you're saying, you know, get, get in touch with me about Facebook ads and things like that. I say to most people, like, I've got so much free stuff out there that will get you leads and sales. You know, I've got YouTube videos that are incredibly in-depth that mm -hmm. could be courses on their own. What's your website? Uh, so it's neilshoney.com. Yeah, it's just a very simple page that actually takes you to all these different places. So it's got my YouTube channel, it's got my podcast, it's got free trainings. And I'm basically focused on free stuff first before anybody comes into any of my paid coaching anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's Neil's page. And uh, I'm going to navigate over here to your uh, YouTube channel. Let's throw a little subscribe on there. Hey, buddy, are you looking to? And uh, yeah, you've got some uh, a nice library of great content over here. And I have learned so much from people like yourself to help build my company to where it is. Uh, I often say that there is a world-class education at your fingertips 24 hours a day on YouTube. It's amazing. I mean, anything that you want to know is one click away on YouTube. When people ask me things, I'm like, Google it. You know, like, what are you asking me? You, you, I call that those people sometimes it can be an ask call, A-S-K-H-O-L-E. <laughs> ask, ask, ask. I'm like, instead of asking all the time for things, be of service. Yeah. You know, be like, I oh, I found this on YouTube. Let's talk about it. You know, don't ask yeah. me to do it for you. Do it for yourself. And uh, that is uh, another just a, just a little nugget. Uh, but you know, you you're going out of your way to help people and put out all this content. And what I found from people who are really good in business and really good in jujitsu is they want to help other people succeed. You know, they yeah. want great training partners. They want to build their network. Uh, that is. That is what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as a sub benefit to that as well, there's nothing better for educating yourself than teaching something. 
you have right. to start actually like things that might have came a little bit automatic to you or have become automatic to you you need to start thinking about them in a very linear fashion and how how does this actually break down uh, yeah. it wasn't until i was forced into basically creating courses that i actually realized that i had like a seven step process for successful facebook ads before then it was like to me it was just going on to ads manager clicking create and going through my own system in my own mm -hmm. head now i simplify it same thing happens with you know uh, with jujitsu if you know even if you're a white a one strike white belt if you've got something that's that you know you've learned in another class and you can help somebody who's a day one starter st stuff starts to make a lot more sense to you so being of service to people can benefit you in more ways than you could you could ever imagine through networking through how they speak about you behind your back through to your own education so many be yeah. benefits to to being that person absolutely you just said it you know i will we'll, we'll end it on this uh if you're at a jujitsu academy and you're thinking about being an entrepreneur and you're not sure how to make connections or reach out to people, reach out to someone like me or someone like Neil. Be the guy at your gym who knows everybody's name, who says hi. You're not annoying them. You're just saying what up and then let, let them know what you do. You know, it shouldn't be like, oh, that guy, Neil, uh, what does he do again? No, it's like Neil is a Facebook marketing coach. That's what he does. Everybody knows it. And everybody in the gym and or the dojo should pass all their business to you if you're a good person and you're of service to them first. So, Neil, I really appreciate you being on the show. I love what you do. You got a great attitude and uh, really an honor to uh, talk to you about business and jujitsu. And I'd love to have you back on the show another time. Maybe we could do some kind of demonstration or some kind of video to uh, you know, promote some of your work. I think it's really valuable. And I think that the next 10 years is all about content all about content and uh, you can, you know, if you really do want to create an extra stream of income and you have some kind of expertise out there, you know, help Neil, you know, contact Neil so that you can begin your journey of creating a course. It's really cool. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, man. I, I was so excited about this. Like I, I've been on podcasts all, all this week and this is the one that I've been like, I can't wait for this chat. I can't wait for this chat. Yeah. That, that, that's just the buzz you get out of talking about, entrepreneurship if you're a real entrepreneur and love it and then also if you're a bit if you're a brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner it it's hard to stop talking about it <laughs> absolutely well neil let's absolutely uh stay in touch and uh let's follow up and plan another podcast in maybe a month or two and maybe we could put together a little demonstration of some of your services and some of your course so that uh I think a lot of people will benefit from the kind of learning that you have. I know that I could, and I know a lot of people out there are interested in how they can break into course, uh, course creation and get some coaching and uh, just really, really a pleasure to meet you. Uh, stay in touch and have a great day. You too. Cheers, buddy.